this morning. We're going to take a look in this segment of the recent altercation involving Sting and the current United States heavyweight champion, Ravishing Rick Rude. Now, they have signed a massive rematch for Atlanta's Omni on Christmas night. But recently, after Sting had secured a victory on one of our broadcasts, I had the opportunity to talk to the Dangerous Alliance, and what ensued shocked us all. Well, I want to tell you that you or anybody else can withstand the punishment of the Scorpion Deathlock, and Sting, as the fans I'm sure will agree, will get the U.S. title back on one day. I don't have to withstand the Scorpion Deathlock because Sting can't put it on me. Sting, you look mighty impressive today, but you weren't so impressive Halloween Havoc. Oh, hey, Ravishing You were beaten Rick. by a better man. Hey. And now he walks around trying to lie to everybody okay. and say I picked on wounded We've Sting. we all heard enough. Hey, hey, Yeah, I'm talking to you, Ravishing Rick. Hey, you shut up. It's my time, Sting. You ain't the champion. I am. Now that's... That's no way to be. I just got two words for you. Come here, pal. I guess that was three. Come on in. Well, there's a challenge right there. Today's just as good as any yeah, day. Pauline's trying to keep Rude back. But Rude's going to the ring. Paulie dangerously, frantically trying to keep Rude from going to the ring. Rude is so competitive, he is a phenomenal athlete and dangerously knows this is not the time or place. Sting is healthy. He is ready. Oh, he's got, Sting's got Paulie. He's got him by the neck. And Rude from, oh, Rude from behind, going for the knee again. Rude going for the knee with tremendous kicks. for the ride. Oh my! Quite elevation by the Stinger on the United States Heavyweight Champion. Sting now. Will he get the Scorpion on Rude? He's turned him over. Yes! He's got it! He's got the Scorpion on Rude. Paul Lee's trying to get him to break it. Dangerously on Sting's back, but the pressure is on Rude's legs. Paul Lee trying to get him off his meal ticket. Rude's leg and danger big snap right here. The Scorpion Deathlock is locked in. Here come the athletes from the locker room. Trying to pull Sting off, but he won't budge. Rude is in excruciating pain. The ring is filling up. Rude's leg may be broken by the Stinger in this Scorpion Deathlock. This crowd is going crazy as the locker room continue to empty. Stand 
But what kind of shape will Ruth be in? Well, I'll tell you one thing, ladies and gentlemen. The Scorpion Deathlock is certainly the equalizing maneuver as far as Sting and Ravishing Rick Root is concerned. The Scorpion Deathlock may have damaged the leg of the U.S. champion. And what effect will that have on their big matchup in the Omni in Atlanta on Christmas night? We'll talk more about that. As a matter of fact, once again this week in Missy Does the Mail, Missy Height will focus on the former U.S. champion, the Stinger. That is next. This is the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling history. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world revolve on you? The two soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the excellence of execution, the Hitman. WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the heartbreak kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers. I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it in Ric Flair. Who you're looking at, the man. Nights, what is going on there to the PWCites? What is going on there to Hami Nights? What is going on there to all the Reflectionites out there? The left, the right, the Dems, the Repubs, you know, the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten. You know who you are. You know, now we're more knee deep into 2024. You know, like I keep saying. And I'll keep saying it for, you know, for the month of January, if you hear these uh, episodes being rolled, rolled along on the Hami Media Group at Podbean.com by our executive producer extraordinaire. Again, I let the cat out of the bag. I'm as transparent as it can be. Again, we're, I promise the reflections. I promise the ride or dies. Content, content, content. I'm here, but TW's not here. Every time I press the goddamn record button, he gets up. He has to, he thinks about, you know what he reminds me of reflection even before we start? You ever go to the supermarket and you're at the cashier and the person's about to pay, but then you're right behind that person and that person says, oh wait, I got some, I gotta get one, I gotta get two more things. Motherfucker, if you go into the cashier, that means you're done. Do not go back and and keep shopping. That means get your card, get your food, and get the hell out of my way because I'm ready to pay. That's what TW is doing right now. He gets up when I hit the record button. Oh, wait. 
I got an idea. Oh wait, I got something else. But neither here nor there. I just had to say that. This 2020 Quattro, and we're still doing the same thing. We're doing it live. We always do it live. But welcome, oh welcome to the PWR podcast here at the Halloween Media Group at Podbean.com. And welcome, oh welcome to a PWR Greatest Rivalries Edition here at the Halloween Media Group at Podbean.com. But before we get knee deep into that uh, episode, the rivalries episode, and I'll give you some credence, I'll give you some uh, dropbacks on that. I must introduce myself because I am vain like that. I must introduce myself because that is part of the spiel. That is part of the gimmick of moi himself. I am the also studious one. I am the also glamorous one. I am the also effervescent one. But uh, most importantly, I am the also glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, PWC, punditry. The only objective man in this political hemisphere. The only objective man in this social media realm. Your friend of mine, Professor Chabel Cruz. And I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. Maybe I might be semi alone here because, you know, my brother from another mother has a, you know, a little frog in his voice. No, he did not have that butt orgy yet, you know, and when you have that butt orgy, you know, he's got to be, I thought he was the, re- I thought he was the giver, but I don't know if he's the receiver, but neither here nor there, but anyway, he is your friend of mine, the conservative liberal, liberal conservative, dumb dumb do it, it's own, the iron stomach one, you know what, Besides, dumb dumb do it, it's own, you know, he might have ate a hot chip before we recording, he might have ate something that, that just took, took his voice out of the realms. Reflection I so I'm just giving you a disclaimer, but he is your friend of mine My brother from another mother like I've already said Probably wonder how you doing my friend. How's that voice? Let's see. Oh, words came out. There they are I didn't want to waste it when you were yelling at me in case that was all that came out But what I was doing was what I always do well, of course, you, you 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 had to grab them, but you could have grabbed them before I hit the record button. But neither here nor there. But you are, <laughs> but he is holding up for the uh, for the audio reflection. I think he's holding up some action figures, some collectibles of what we're going to be talking about in this greatest rivalries edition. And I'm going to let the cat out the bag for the audio reflection ice because again, you don't know what I'm doing unless you read the you, you read the uh, the poster that Big Ray you know eloquently puts up on the Hamibidi group at Pabian.com, but this is the greatest rivalries edition of Sting versus Ravishing Rick Groove from the WCW days. And you know what, TW? This rivalry went on officially. Okay, are you having them have sex or something? Because there's a lot of bumping and grinding, man. What are you doing? I'm standing them there. Jesus Christ. I, I heard like bumping and grinding out. All I need is an R. Kelly song, and then you already have that going. So, you know, there's, you there's Rick Rude right here. And a suit. What the fuck is my hand? <laughs> we do it live. We do it. What the? I don't need to see your finger. What the hell is this? This ain't only thing. I was pointing at Rick Rude. Right oh, okay. Now. You're trying to do 3D, and it doesn't make no sense. For no, the I, got the, I got the. the iPad up and down because it looks better. It's you and me evenly. Oh, oh, okay, like I said, reflection nice. We do it live, and, and the production always sucks. But neither here nor there. But this is a greatest rivalry edition, TW. And again, Rick Rude versus Sting. From you know, logistically, yeah, I got you. I got you. You all right? I I believe you. I never said that. I just I just keep laughing at this shit. But anyway, 
This rivalry went on officially from 1991 to 1994 with the circumstances that uh, that kind of ended this kind of rivalry, T.W. So, you know, we will do what we do best, Reflection Nights. We'll have, I, I gave T.W. some matches to watch. But I must start again because before we hit the record button, Reflection Nights, I must be, you know, I'm always objective. I'm the most objective man, like I keep saying. It's not part of my, uh, you know, it's not part of a T-shirt. It's the life it I live. Be. It should be. You know, ProWrestlingTees.com. But I'm the most objective man. And I told this to TW. I'm going to tell this to Reflectionites. You know, we call this the greatest rivalries edition. But I think it's a greatest rivalries because of the after effect. It's the greatest rivalry because of the politics in the you know in the in hindsight but while they were both wrestling reflection nights again i'm going to be honest here i wouldn't even call this a top 10 robbery i wouldn't even put it in the top 20 scale but for the circumstances beyond our control but for the circumstances for the wrestling uh, business tw we know why sting and rude was probably the number one, or let's say the tier one of rivalries in the main event scene for WCW, because Sting was the hero. Sting was the unequivocally, undisputably, the number one person of WCW before 19, before you tell me and correct me, like 1994, Hulk Hogan comes and then he took his thunder. I got that part. But 91 to 94 with that realm, like we said with the what if with Magnum TA, like you even said, Certain people's careers would have never took off in a certain light. When Magnum TA went down, somebody had to ca carry that torch. And staying in the 90s, in the early 90s, he was bequeathed that torch as being the Hulk Hogan, as being the war, as being the top guy to go against the factions, to go against the monsters. And Rick Rude is a perfect antagonist. But again, I'm being honest here, T.W. And again, before we get into the matches that T.W. saw and, and I saw a little bit here, let's say, T.W., again, you might think differently. But again, I'm just being truthful here. I would Match-wise, match wait, let me just finish my statement. Match-wise, it's, it's not top 10. Politically-wise, it's infamous for certain, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. What say you? I, I would say... Of course, it's not top ten rivalry ever, but it's it's Sting's one of Sting's top rivalries. Mm -hmm. I would say, obviously, Sting Flair is number one. <clears throat> um, Sting is a bad guy with hot stuff versus Chris Adams or Terry Taylor would be on the list because you know of his, not of all time. Okay. Um, but Sting Luger is that a rivalry? That felt like more like. A sibling rivalry like their buddies one minute and they're mad at each other next and their buddies again it wasn't really a a feud him and jake the snake him and vader mm -hmm. um muda him and muda we did so that. really we, we it's did hard that yeah it's, it's it's hard to get the 10 with him because i mean you're not gonna say triple h or seth rollins those no, were one-offs no, no i know I'm, I'm saying those were one-offs and we were talking before we started recording that you know, you were saying that it, it kind of doesn't live up to the hype of a rivalry or whatever. But for me, it was more than one than I thought it was. I thought it was like a couple months that they fought over the belt a couple times. But this was mm -hmm. years. It was yeah. It was over the U.S. title, then the, the belt that's not a world title, 
the dumbass belt that they brought back with Ric Flair. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it was long and it involved a lot of people. It, it did involve a lot of people. And again, I, I would say this because, again, I, we're going to have to, like, talk about the ending a little bit first before Hold we on. talk about How the can match. I not say Sting in the NWO? <laughs> How did I forget that one? Well, but that's the rivalry in itself. Hulk, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, but no, that's the rivalry. Coming up with rivalries for him, I'm like, I think that's it. But no, I no, that, that's NWO true. But, again, that's that supersedes even Sting and Rue for, for the purposes. But – from 91 to 94, like I said, Sting is the number one guy. He's the number one good I would, guy. I would say almost 88, 89 is when Sting starts being that guy. After the as, Clash of the Champions match. As the number one good guy? Not yeah. yet. I'm, I, again, but, I'm, but again, with the, let's say the philosophy, the business sense. Again, we have to understand. He's the WCW one. If, yeah. you, if, you, if you just count WCW becoming yeah. WCW, it's Sting. It's not close. J- just remember the parameters. And then we'll get into the rivalries reflection. In 1991, Ric Flair is gone already. He's already in the WWF. Luger and Sting are given the torch. And, of course, the people are behind Sting more than they were behind Luger. That was that was a given, no matter what. And, again, Sting already had a, a taste of the torch in 1990 because he beat Ric Flair at the Great American Bash reflection. So with that being said... Once we get to 1991, TW, you know, WCW, again, we have to at least acknowledge it. Not like Roman Reigns' tribal chief acknowledged, but we have to acknowledge the reality. WCW's management team was piss poor. If it wasn't Jim Hurd, it was Bill Shaw. If it wasn't Bill Shaw, it was TBS. And if it wasn't TBS, it was Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff. There were so many changes behind the scenes. Ric Flair was a booker one time. Then it's Dusty Rhodes. Then it's Bill Watson, all that stuff. Kevin Sullivan. So, yeah. Eddie Gilbert. Again, I like you said, the, the management behind the scenes is piss poor. So on TV, you know, for Sting being the number one guy in 1991, you needed a real antagonist that really, like, you would think can take down the hero. And there was no perfect, you know, antagonist better than Ravishing Rick Rude. He had his issues with WWF. He had, I don't know if it was, I know it was money. I know it probably might have been the certain, maybe a drug test. But again, neither here nor there. And I'm not going with the logistics. But he had his issues with Vince McMahon and he left. And of course, it should have been a great coup for WCW to snag Rick Rude, which technically if you... As fans, our fandom, oh, shit, Rick Rude came to WCW. Rick Rude represented the, the highest antagonist, the number one bad guy coming in with all that thunder, even eclipsing Lex Luger when he was being, quote, unquote, the number one bad guy to agree. He felt the number two, but again, neither here nor there. When he made his debut, Reflection Nights and TW, in Halloween Havoc, October of 1991, the debut was fucked up because he was in a mask. He was the Halloween Phantom, but everybody knew who he was underneath it. But the rivalry, I guess if I look at it from this standpoint, again, this is why I can't give it, you know, again, I I must critique this rivalry as truthful as I am. The rivalry did not stem from Sting against Rick Rude to a degree, T.W. The rivalry stemmed from Sting against Paulie Dangerously and Paulie's hatred for WCW. Paulie's hatred because Sting represented 
being WCW's golden boy, you know, and all that stuff, politics and all that stuff. So Paulie Dangerously created the, the Dangerous Alliance, and Rick Rue was the first coup. And then you can talk about the, you know, Arn Anderson and Larry Sabisco and Bobby Eaton and Stunning Steve Walters. But the rivalry stems from Sting versus a faction. So it's kind of rehashing Dusty Rhodes versus the Four Horsemen. But, but, Sting versus the Four Horsemen. That too, but again, but you follow me here, TW. But but remember, and I'm gonna use Dusty Rose first because then you'll understand where I'm going with this. Dusty Rose versus the four horsemen. We can actually the word is secularize. What do I mean, reflection nights? Dusty against Flair, it's its own entity in a rivalry, even though it was with the four horsemen. Dusty against Tully, its own rivalry. We could talk about that. Dusty against Arn, Dusty against Barry. He had rivalries within it. But for Sting and Rick Rude, you know, it was Sting against the Dangerous Alliance. It didn't secularize. He couldn't really secularize against Bobby Eaton. He couldn't really secularize against Steve Austin. It was it was a totality. But Rick, Rick Rude at least separated from the bunch. What's the ETW? Rick Rude, I mean, think about it. A faction that has Austin in it, Rick Rude was still the, the cream that rose to the top, right? And then... You got Arn, who, as a four horseman, got to talk, and he kind of was just a henchman, if you will. It was, it felt like Paulie and Rick Rude, and then whoever else they had behind him. You know, like Bobby Eaton was kind of out of place, and one minute he's teaming with Arn, next to Arn, teaming with Zimbisco, and then they're a three man, and it was, it was nice, but it was still a good faction, and I would say. What do you call it? The crown jewel of it is is Rick Rude for sure. And mm-hmm. Austin, he got in there. Was because Colonel Robert Parker was with him too. So it was no, no, no. Like, that, that was that was ninety three. That was ninety two, ninety three. Six man tag. Yeah. After the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's that that kind of stuff was messing me up because of you know again I didn't know what year I was watching when I was watching this stuff, but um. Was it at one point all five of those guys? Austin, Rude, Eaton's, and Bisco and Arn? Yeah, that's the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, that, has nothing, that has nothing to do with Robert Parker. That was all Paul Lee. Robert Parker is 93. But I, I meant, because I feel like the Dangerous Alliance had people leave and join. Like, mm-hmm. Wasn't Dick Murdoch, or not Dick Murdoch, Dick what? Slater in there? Wasn't Dick Slater with Paul Lee? That's Robert Parker. I'm trying to school you. It's no. Paul Lee. No. That's Robert Parker's people. I'm telling you right now. That- Dick Slater was with Bunkhouse Buck with Robert Parker. Robert, about, yes, that's all that. I'm talking but, about when Dick Slater was with Terry Funk. They were with Paul E. No, Robert Parker. Jesus Christ. Yes. Jesus uh, Christ. Well, WWF guys, sorry. Yeah. Mm. Again, reflectionize. I, this is why I'm called the professor for a reason, man. This man has been taking bumps for 20 years plus, and I got to school him. I know what he's trying to make a point here. But anyway, again. This was the Dangerous Alliance versus Sting. But Rick Rude, with his promo in Halloween Havoc, targeted Sting. And the mission of dangerous of the Dangerous Alliance, Paulie gave it to, to Rick Rude that he must challenge Sting and take the U.S. title away from him. What are you going to say, T.W.? So that Halloween Havoc is his debut. He has the mask. Does he take the mask off on the pay-per-view? Rick Rude takes it off himself. But he does unmask himself. Yes. 
Okay. Because the other thing I was going to say is Hercules wrestled with a mask there. And I think the guys that did that did it because their non-compete wasn't up. No, it had nothing to do with that. That was the way he wanted. That was the way that they told him to book it. Who? The powers that be, Dusty Rhodes and all that stuff. No, no, no. I get it now. It makes it was part mm-hmm. of the thing, like the unmasking of the Black Scorpion shit, where everyone knew it was Ric Flair. But yeah. um, I'm saying when Hercules went there and he wrestled with. Let, the let's man, not let's not let's not talk about other. See, this is where you get confused. See, you're you're confusing people here. No, Daddy. I'm let's asking walk. if he ever unmasked on that pay per view because I was going to say if he didn't and sell the he next. Took, week, he took he took it off on the same night on the okay. same promo. So it wasn't that situation. But oh. other guys wore masks because they weren't, they were almost there, but they weren't done with their non compete. No, they were done. They just were yeah. booked. I know now. Oh, I wasn't asking. I didn't know. I was asking. <laughs> He's tough today. You hear that, you Rick? Know, you hear it, that it, thing? He's tough today. It must, it must be the voice. But anyway, let's go with the first match. The most infamous match of the robbery was a clash of champions from 1991. And to be honest, and to be fair, to be fair, this was actually the best book match of the rivalry because it coincided with Sting the whole night of Clash of Champions. Because during the because well here here's the well I'm not gonna say it's the, it's the best book of the night, but the logic is kind of weird because put it this way, T.W. The, before the Clash of Champions of 1991, follow me here. I know I know you won't remember this. I'm going to try to school you here before you ask me other questions. But Sting was getting these gifts. He was getting like you know he was getting like jackets. He was getting cars and stuff. Like he was getting it was like a benefactor. It, it was like Teddy Biasi was trying to give him gifts for no s- stupid reason. And then we find out who's the the person behind that, and that was actually the WCW champion Lex Luger. So they were trying to parlay that kind of match in the future with Sting and Luger. But then who was the vulture taking advantage? Ravishing Rick Rude. Sting's knee because uh, Luger took out Sting's knee. Don't you don't you remember the good old days when you took out somebody's knee and they actually booked it? Where he wasn't, was, wasn't one of the guests to Sting, Abdullah the Butcher? Yeah, wasn't he was in a box and then he popped it was, up. It was actually that same night in Clash of Champions. It was that and all that stuff, and then Luger came from behind and took him. No, no, actually, I'm wrong. It was actually a couple of weeks before that. But Luger was the final gift yeah. or the final reveal of the benefactor. Took out his legs and Sting went to the hospital. So the first match between mm. the, the first main event match reflection acts between Sting and Rick Rude at the Clash of Champions. The story is. Sting is already in the hospital and he must, you know, go from downtown back to the arena before the dreaded 10 count TW. But like I said, it was it was the good old days of, you know, you wrapping your knee up, you know, and you're playing to that injury. You, you really rarely see it today. You know, people are wearing the, the, the tapes around their shoulder and you can see they're injured. But yet they're still doing their flippity floppity flu. But what's the ATW about the first Half of those dudes are doing it because they're getting paid to wear that shit. They mm-hmm. ain't hurt. Right. Um, I, you know, I vaguely remember some of that stuff. I, I completely forgot it was Luger behind it. I just, cause when I think Abdullah the Butcher's a gift, I just think Kevin Sullivan's behind it. Right. So, um, but yeah, Paulie cut the promo. Sting had to fucking hijack an ambulance to get back. And then he come in the wrong door and then, and then Dustin Rhodes and, uh, Eric champion, retired champion, one of them, the fucking freedom fighter guy. He, he helped Sting get in the building. And 
I actually like what they did in this match. Can I give it away? Go ahead. Where they made it look like he was going to forfeit the title, and then he made it to the ring and ends up losing it anyway. But the one thing I didn't like was, I think it was Tony Schiavone, said, oh, no, it was Jim Ross. He said, he might not win this match, but at least he's giving it up in a fight and not just forfeiting it because he couldn't show up for the people. And I just thought, you, you basically just told people he's losing. Uh-huh. Like, like he thinks the fans are idiots, and we have to explain the reason he's losing this way is because we didn't want him to lose that way. And it was yeah. just, but it was, it, it just felt like Sting against the world, even though all those little B-list uh, WCW guys helped him get to the ring. Well, that is true. You're calling Z-Man a B-lister? You're calling Flying oh. Brian a B-lister? Oh, listen to me. You sent me another link. Well, they all came out there to stop him from killing Rick Rude in the Scorpion Deathlock. And I was I lost count of dead guys in the ring. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, boy. And ironically, I watched that first because it was more a recap of the right. feud. Uh-huh. Z-Man. Dead. That gave Pillman, that gave you dead. that gave you Big Josh dead, probably the referee dead. Um, just oh man, there was so much death in there. Th- thank you, TW, for giving. You're the gatekeeper. Rick Rude dead. <laughs> what the hell? Oh Jesus Christ! My goodness. But yeah. again, with, with this is probably from the rivalry perspective TW with this match at Clash of the Champions where Rick Rude wins the US title is probably the best the most infamous and most memorable part of their quote unquote rivalry that's that's what I just want to say yeah. especially in a one on one uh aspect of it so that that's why I wanted to get get on the on that uh curtail if you will reflectionize but we must go on because again this is more I would say, again, this is Sting against the Dangerous Alliance. So I'm not going to chronicleize it because the last match between Sting and Rick Rue was at, actually in Japan. I want to leave that for last, TW. So I'm going to curtail some other, let's say, gimmick matches here. So one of the matches that's infamous within, uh, within the history package between Sting and Rick Rue, Reflection Nights, is, of course, the War Games, one of TW's favorite matches of all time. Undoubtedly, it was Sting Squadron versus, you know, the Dangerous Alliance. So, TW, with, with that being said, you know, again, I think Flying Brian was part of Sting Squadron. I think uh, Dustin Rose was part of Sting Squadron. Who else was part of Sting Squadron? I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But it doesn't really matter. They were, they were talking about Nikita Koloff. Was he? Oh, Nikita, yeah, Nikita, Nikita Koloff was part of Sing Squad. It was that. It was that four against the Dangerous Alliance of Rude, Austin, Anderson, and Sabisco. Because at the end, Sabisco cost them, cost the Dangerous Alliance, and then that's why Sting Squadron won. So you can see. TW that you have to trade off some wins here, here and there. So what say you, TW about the War Games gimmick match again? Is it more in curtails of Sting versus Rude, or is it Sting versus the Dangerous Alliance? It's it's so look, it's the same thing. It's Sting versus Flair, and the other three horsemen are involved in it. He wants his hands on Zimbisco, Austin, and and Anderson, but Flair or Flair Rude is the guy that he wants to 
exact revenge on. Like, because it's rude that he's fighting. It's rude that he lost his U.S. title to. And it's rude that they're all helping. So, mm -hmm. and it's Paul Lee, obviously. I'm, I'm pretty sure, because this was a WCW uh, given, I'm sure at some point he got his hands on, on uh, Paul Lee. If it were, if you lose, you get five minutes with him like they did no. J.J. Dillon. Or if he no. just got his hands on him another way. But he always got his hands on Paulie, and then someone saved Paulie from the actual ass whooping he was about to take. We could talk about that, but I just want to focus on the war games. There was no five minutes. It was just basically Sting and, and no, it was Sting, Nikita, Steamboat. It wasn't Dustin. It was Steamboat, and I think Dustin right there, because I remember Steamboat had his issues with the Dangerous Alliance because he, he had a broken nose because of them. And they were the tag champs, Dustin and Steamboat. Yeah. At that point, point in time, I don't know. I don't remember the, the the chronologically, but I just want to give the parameters for the reflectionites because everybody had issues with the Dangerous Alliance. So, this is your favorite match, TW. Did you love it? You didn't send it to me. Yeah, I, I knew you. We talked. No, you, I looked at every match again. I'm like, I thought there was a War Games match in here. I Jesus did not Christ. have a War Games match. I told you. I specifically told you to skim through it, get, get some logic out of it. But anyway, again. Uh, listen, it's a war games match. The fucking bad guys won the coin toss. Mm -hmm. They beat the shit out of a good guy for two minutes before another good guy come out. It, I don't think a good guy has ever won the coin toss in the history of war games. And then well, the bad that, guys that, that's now. That's now. The good guys are winning the, the coin tosses now. Triple H is changing the, the last one. Yes, they did. Who, the women? Yes. It still counts yeah, as history. I said good guys. I didn't say good girls. We're not we're not doing the logistics ascendance. It's not about it's, I've called girls guys. It don't matter. It's, it's not about pronouns here. The good guys hey, them. Whatever. But they do the, the logic has changed. But anyway, me, listen, I got I gotta get some off my chest real quick. Get it get off your it's chest. It's no secret. It's no secret that I lose a little bit of my love for Chris Jericho ever by the fucking tweet, right? That shit that just happened to him, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for this guy because at the end of the day, Professor, this world is turning into a you and me are fucking doomed. First chance we give somebody, right? Okay. That stuff with that Kylie McRae or whatever the hell her name is, is a simple case of a fucking celebrity trying to get some ass the way a celebrity does, and he got shot down for his troubles. End of story. That's mm -hmm. it. And if she lost her job the next day because of it, yes, that's bullshit. However, she also did it to Impact. She also did it to MLW. She also did it to NWA. So I think this one is much ado about nothing. And if a guy is going to get canceled for trying to get laid, then every dude should be canceled right now with one big fucking chop of the guillotine. I'm done. By the way, Reflection Ice, remember my transparency. When we record certain things, certain current events, I've been still on this one. I've been I know, on but but when this gets when this gets released, people will be like, "Damn, TW is kind of like behind on the times." But there's a reason for that. I have to say this disclaimer because again, when we record, we're a little bit ahead of the game. That's what I'm trying to say, Reflectionites. So with TW's reason, diatribe, just to give them a little Easter egg of where we're at right now, recording. The reason I'm so fired up right now about it is right before we recorded, I got a text from my buddy Dennis in LA telling me that that housing guy has backtracked his fucking claim on these NDAs. 
it is what it is. But you know what? Let, let's get back into this because again, there's really nothing. You know, for 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 all intents and purposes, this is why I said that this rivalry is good for a different reason. But you talked about it a little bit because there was a nine minute clip of the history histrionics of the rivalry between Sting and Rick Rude because after Sting's loss at the Clash of the Champions. You know, the only thing of, let's just say, traditional-wise before the Bischoff regime kind of took over was they did their Christmas and Thanksgiving shows at the world-famous Omni. So, T.W., the Omni in Atlanta. So, we can't tell if it was a sellout because they always dim the lights so much that you can't really see the crowd, maybe empty seats. Again, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but, you know, how the business was in the 90s because, you know, it is – well documented that the business the business of WWE and WCW early 90s to mid 90s was in the shits it was in the toilets before you know the revo- the renaissance of the Monday night wars kind of percolated everything business wise so TW what say you about you know cuz you talked about it a little bit sting got a little bit of revenge on Rick Rude but then the next time the christmas show Rick Rude got the let's say the come up its back to sting what say you about that that nine minute uh, clip that I showed you? It was very, very strange. This clip, mm-hmm. that's the one that had Missy Hyatt too, right? Yeah, yeah. So the um, fact that Rick Root is out there doing, you know, the one thing that that I noticed about this whole setup, mm-hmm. it's set up so it looks like WWF challenge. Rick Root's on the little. Sc- Square thing over there where the warrior had the Papa Shango puke coming out of his head, you know, and the basketball dribble from Virgil where he kicks Mm -hmm. the ball from the kid. Remember that setup? It was that. And then you get these big WCW banners up like they had WWF banners. And he's doing this promo right after Sting wrestled. And Sting's just walking around the ring in the background. And I'm looking and it's that fuzzy ass YouTube footage. And I'm like, is that Sting back there? And I'm like, why are they interviewing Rude after Sting's match? Because mm-hmm. that's how JR introduced it. And then Sting gets a live mic and is yelling at Rude from the live mic. And Rude's no-selling it because like, he doesn't know, but you can't really hear him through the crowd. Right. And then Rude turns, and then they start yelling at each other back and forth from the thing. And he said, I, it was funny. He goes, I got two words for you, which made me think, DX stole it. Right now, an AEW fan saying that. Right now, DX stole two words for you. And then he mm-hmm. goes, come on, come here, pal. And he goes, I guess that was three. And then Rick Rude mm-hmm. came to the ring. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, then he just – and I liked it because this was old school heel shit. Right before Rick Rude turned and acknowledged Sting, what did he say? Everyone's telling me I need to worry about the Scorpion Deathlock. I don't have to worry about the Scorpion Deathlock. Sting doesn't have the ability to put me in it. And five mm-hmm. minutes later, Scooby-Doo. That motherfucker was in it. <laughs> so, but that's how they used to do heel heat back then. Uh, heel would talk shit and just eat it immediately the same day. And I loved, loved it. I, I loved it too. Again, that, that's the good old days of the wrestling shows, the good old days of the weekend wrestling shows, Reflection. I said it's a lost start right now because, again, it's our fault, TW. I'm, you went on your diatribe. I'm going on my diatribe. This was good stuff, good basic 
main event caliber promos, main event caliber situations and storytelling. So this way you build towards the Omni. So you build towards a star case. So you build towards the clash of champions or whatever the case may be, but you can't do that because now you got to build towards the next week of raw, the next week of SmackDown, the next week of dynamite, the next week of collision and all that stuff. I blame us reflectionites. It's your fault. God, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's Greenpeace's fault. CW's fault. It's the Gucci's fault. It's Donnie Day One's fault. I'm not mad at y'all, but you know what? Look in the mirror. If TW's gonna die a tribe, I'm gonna die a tribe myself. Okay, I'm just uh, you know it's 2020 quattro. You know we get we get a lot of stuff out of our chest. That's what and you know what's funny about all that? What's that? Is the same fucking nerds on the internet mm -hmm. complaining about nobody getting to wrestle for 15, 20, 30 minute matches anymore? They're all five, eight, ten minute, you know, quickies. It's mm -hmm. because of them. That because if they put a 20-minute match on, they lose interest and turn the channel and you're boring. And then, but but mm -hmm. you know what? At the end of the day, the golden rule is leave them wanting more. And a five to eight minute match does that. It's not enough. But mm -hmm. these same fans have proven that 15 to 20 is too much. Especially when they go to fucking commercial in the middle of the match. I I would rather it be a five to ten minute match over before the next commercial then it'd be mm -hmm. a 20 minute match banger and it has a commercial in there did you see the tweet from usa network yeah about yeah. uh stop for the love of god putting commercials on during matches all the, the picture and picture yeah the picture and picture and they're like what the fuck first you want picture and picture now you don't mm -hmm. let us know and i loathe it yeah it was your post what am i, yeah. I was thinking travis sent it to me set mm -hmm. travis I got a notification that said Travis wrote on your post. That's how I saw mm -hmm. it. And, and, what it what did I, and what did I say? Fickle. What Fickle. Fans. Yeah. But I loathe it. I mm -hmm. cannot stand it. The the biggest, because yeah, I'm not just going to put it all on WWF because they ain't the only ones that do it. WWE. The dumbest shit out of mm -hmm. all shit yeah. is when Tony Storm is doing those silent movies and they mm -hmm. make it the picture in picture. I get it. Their idea is it's funny because she's not talking anyway. It's a silent movie. But the problem is that means you need it to be more visual because you need to see what she's doing. And when you make the shit and, and, this big, you yeah. can't see it. It's the dumbest shit ever. Just like the way we record our shows, TW, my box is big. Your box is big enough so people can see both of us. Right. Not one right. box is bigger or gigantic and one box is tiny. That's right. what both. That's what both organizations need to do. But again, let's. I digress well, on that. Can't, they can't because the sponsor wants to. Have the sponsor. Yeah, I know. I know. I know we digress. Fifty-fifty. I hate that it's on with no fucking sound. It's like, again. come on, man. The hardest thing about going to a live wrestling show for me, my entire life, obviously I'm immune to it now. But when I was going as a fan, mm -hmm. is going to a live show with no commentating. It I is know. so weird. Uh, again. We got a show to do. We got a rivalry. We got a rivalry yeah. thing to finish off. So with that being said, Reflection Nights, we went on a little diatribe. But again, this is 2020 quattro. This is what we do. This is what the PWR does. But hey, TW we're, we're talking about how wrestling was better back then, period. It's still part of the show. So with that being said, you know, with the Sting-Rick Rude rivalry, again, there's variations to this rivalry because, again, it reminds people, like you said and like I said, Dusty Rhodes versus the Four Horsemen, where Dusty Rhodes incorporated more heroes to go against the dreaded Four Horsemen. So Sting incorporated 
one of the best tag teams, one of the top five tag teams of all time, the Steiner Brothers. And, of course, the Dangerous Alliance was represented by Rude, Arn Anderson, and beautiful Bobby Eaton. I think they were the tag team champions at that time. It was a feud between, again, the U.S. champion Rude and Sting, and, of course, the tag team champions of Arn Anderson and Eaton against the Steiner Brothers. So what say you about this sixth man? It's kind of like a clash between the champions and the, and the challengers to a degree. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good teams, and they did some cool stuff in here. A lot of times when you send me matches, I'll kind of skim through them to see who won, see who lost, um, see if there's anything in there. And for whatever reason, all these ones I watched them. And mm -hmm. one thing I have to point out is there's two things that I was about to say some earlier, but we got such tricks. Two things that WCW does that WWF doesn't do, and mm -hmm. One of them is wrestles in that little ass ring. And so when you see Rick Rude in there and Sting, they look fucking huge because that ring is so small. And then when you add the Steiner brothers and Arn and Eaton, it's fucking crowded. Even when they're just in the corner not being tagged, like it's just so much on camera. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it's what always made me feel like WWF was bigger was because of that visual. Right, like that bigger ring made the wrestler look smaller, uh -huh. and, but that made wrestling look big. And that little ring, it felt like you cheap motherfuckers. That's like Professor running around with a medium shirt on, knowing he needs a large. Get a bigger damn ring. But the other thing is, and I never really noticed it until you said something when we started recording. Sting had already had a taste of the torch when he won the world title in '90, uh -huh. and now we're talking about. Sting and Rude feuding over the U.S. title. In the WWF, until the Monday Night Wars and then after WCW went under, then it just got to be hot potato city. But in the WWF, once a guy passed the Intercontinental title and went to the world title, that guy never sniffed the Intercontinental title again. It was beneath him. And that's why I told you the beauty of WCW, the beauty of NWA, that you could go a tear down and but still make it a main event. To me, it makes... The belts not have hierarchy. Like it's not about hierarchy. You the, see, you're talking about hierarchy and tearing it. I'm talking about prestige, right. and that's great. I mean prestige. Like if once you have why a not title, Sting and Rude fighting never for the ever rest. compete for any other title. No, I disagree. I disagree. It's a step backwards. It's never a step backwards. The only it's, exception it's, would be to then go for the world tag team title because that's still a world title. No. WCW, the Rock and Roll Express, one minute are the world tag team champions, the next they're the U.S., and then they fucking do it round and round and round we go, and they win them both. Not, it makes both belts equal at that point because they don't give no, a fuck which you, one they if want. If you unify it, that's one thing. But I'm right. talking about level. It's okay to go again. This is why I keep saying the argument. Dusty Rhodes made the argument. He is the blueprint of why... Those belts mattered in the 80s. If Dusty Rhodes wanted the U.S. title, that's still main event. If Dusty Rhodes wanted the TV title, that's still main event. If Dusty Rhodes wanted the Mid-Atlantic Championship, that's still main event because he you're, made you're, it. You've already entered AEW type territory with all these fucking belts. Yeah. WWF had two. They had the Intercontinental and they had but the World. Still... Once you were done with that IC title, you never but... looked back. But they were still pretty prestigious. But anyway, let's put a put a yes. bow on this six man match. T.W. Who won the match? Because I so forgot. Let me about ask it. you a question. Let me ask you a but, question. 
Mm-hmm. What was the IC title called? What What did they say that was doing for somebody? It was the working man's belt. It was the stepping stone. That once the guy won that belt, you knew he was being groomed to go for the bigger belt, right? That's a philosophy on one end, but no one ever yeah. said that about the but US. But nobody ever said, champion. oh my God, Lex Luger won the US title. That means one day he's going to be world champion. You know what they said? Fuck. One day he might even win the TD title and maybe even the Western States Heritage Championship. And which is okay. Up with a which, title. Which, which is okay. It was I okay. I I, that made it feel like them belts meant nothing. No, it, it made I it feel like. I liked the U.S. title because Lex Luger had it. I didn't like no, no, Lex no. Luger because he had the you're, U.S. title. You're, okay. I don't know. The, the, see, this is why the and rivalry sucks. I also like the TV title because Tully Blanchard made that. The, the, this is why the rivalry sucks because we're talking <laughs> about other shit. But right. to pull a bow on, but to put a bow on this, the difference between then and now is that then main event, the same tier main eventers were going after every title. That's why every title was prestigious. Now, no, Moxley right now cannot go for the T, the TNT title because that title is beneath him. I get your point, but they made it that way. He it just sucks. was the fucking mid-Atlantic champion. How the fuck? TNT is an elevation. No, no, no. TNT is not an elevation. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a demotion. That's what it is. Being the Ring of Honor champion is a demotion because that's what it 100%. is. We don't, we don't do that again. The difference between then and now is the prestige. There's literally no prestige, and I, I don't want to harp on AEW too much, but their titles don't mean shit. It's the AEW World yeah, Title. Does everybody get one from Oprah? That's that's the problem, and the same thing with WWE. There's too many titles there too, so the 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 lack of prestige is gone. But Roman Reigns is making it prestigious. Gunther is making it prestigious because they're holding on to it. So this way you can revel in the histrionics of it. So with that being said, let's close on this because the last match didn't happen on U.S. soil. TW. It happened in the Tokyo Dome. It happened in Japan, and this is where. Rick Rude sustained his career-ending injury, TW, but like the trooper that he was, he finished the, the job, if you will. So what say you, TW, about the last infamous match for the WCW International Heavyweight Championship? Rude won. It, yes. was, it, was, it was confusing to me because I'm like, man, I swear I saw this with U.S. commentators. What I learned from this match is... I now know without a shadow of a doubt. The reason I've never watched New Japan, All Japan, or any Japan is it's fucking hard to watch with Japanese commentators talking and you have no fucking clue what's going on other than if you were commentating it yourself and doing mm-hmm. it in your head. Um, it felt... Like you, you sent me another video that goes with this um, where I guess the annals of history... Suggested Rude refused to lose the belt to Sting, which would in, which which would imply that he had heat with Sting, right? And Eric Bischoff said no. Rick Rude was one of the few who cared about why they did something, and he wanted to know why am I losing the Sting in Japan? Like probably thinking, wouldn't it make more sense for me to lose the belt in the U.S. in front of American fans while we're making money doing it? Out on this all Japan show, where but I understand also it's the international world title, which is fucking redundant, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make it more prestigious since that's the word of the day. 
by having it happen somewhere else, right? I get it. Mm. And I think that's the Mid-Atlantic Championship. Isn't that part of the plan is they're going to defend no, that's, it in that's, that's somewhere Rick else? It's about, it was the deal between WCW and New Japan. That was the, to go back and forth between the Tokyo Dome right. and whatever's going but, on in WCW. But I'm saying, I, I, I get it. You you have to defend it over there if you want to, if you're making it different from the WCW world title by calling mm-hmm. it the NWA international title or whatever the fuck they call it. And, uh, it, the match, it, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's cause the, the commentating had me just kind of like, did you mute it? Interested. Did you mute no. it? Why no, didn't you? I just watched it. But oh, it dude. felt like they were fucking mad at each other. But now that you tell me he got hurt early and then kept wrestling, he probably was fucking struggling. And so yeah. I was waiting for that bump at the end of the match. But you sent me part two, so it had already happened, and I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. With the part one, so I was, and then he grabbed the girl and stopped Sting from diving on him. And when he when he went out and Sting did, I go, oh, here it comes, here's where he gets fucking hurt. And then he grabbed the girl, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not this match. I'm like, maybe it's the one that I thought was in the U.S. because I thought it was on a Clash of Champions when he got hurt. They got hurt. But you know what I guys. miss about this? Two, two things, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna actually compliment AEW fans. Oh boy! Every match that you sent me, and we did. I watched another one. Maybe you sent me that one on accident, thinking it was the War Games. It was Sting and Pillman versus Rude and Austin, and um, they were setting up um, Flair and Sting versus Vader and Rude, and they were talking about how Rude and Austin were having a hard time because they weren't a team. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the fucking other team is Pillman and Sting. They're not a fucking team either, but they're buddies and they've been team before. So that match, the six man match with the Dangerous Alliance and, versus and the logic is, the logic is out the window because they were part of the Dangerous Alliance and they right. did team with each other. So right. it was weird. But the, mm-hmm. the awesome stuff about all these matches, with the exception of this New Japan one, the fucking crowd. You, they could have took a shit in the middle of the ring and the crowd would have popped. The crowd is, it's a murmur. It's the entire match the crowd is engaged. And mm. the wrestlers are feeding off it. Sting is just fucking press slam for you, press slam for you, dive. Sting did a running dive over the fucking top rope on Rude in, in that Christmas match. He got disqualified, mm. I think. That was the one. It, it just, it, it, they just do more stuff when the crowd. When they're feeding off of each other, and I for the for God bless them, AEW fans try to do that. The problem is, I also like the product when WCW and the crowds did that, and WWF and the crowds did that. I just, I I think I'm at the lowest point I've ever been in interest for AEW, and it's not because Punk left. It's not. It's just I watch it and I feel like I'm watching the same thing, not just every week. But every match, because nobody like, no is nobody me. is sub- separating from the pack because right. they're following nobody's the same. Nobody's in the back going, "Hey man, we're doing the super kick, suplex, fucking tower of doom spot, so don't do it." And then everyone fucking does it in every match, and it's like, come on. So it's, it's and and it's uh, and I'm cho- and I'm doing the Ric Flair chop ten times to you, and you do right. it ten times to me. It's the same yeah. thing. I get you. Yeah. I, I totally. But I the totally- crowd, God bless them are still trying to sell everything. Like it's almost like that crowd knows this fucking thing is on life support and they're trying to breathe life into it by what the, this is awesome and the NDA chance and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so this, this, this whole rivalry for lack of a better thing that I got from it 
it made me miss the wrestling that is the reason you and I are doing this podcast here. The reason mm-hmm. Ray wanted a podcast like this. It was just better back then. And and some of the stuff, all of this stuff, most of this stuff, 91 to 94, I'm out of high school and I'm an adult and I still liked it. So it's Don't not like because it. I got older. It's because mm-hmm. it's fucking different now. It is not the same. And it's not your grandmother's wrestling anymore, right. Reflection Nights. It is right. what it and is. I don't think our wrestling was our grandmother's wrestling either. So it's 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 mm-hmm. the, it's just this stuff is refreshing to me. And even though, yeah, like almost every, oh, and another thing I loved was Sting pinned Arn Anderson in that six man with the fucking the hand slam dunk bulldog. You know, I'm talking about the the setup move for John mm-hmm. Cena doing this. Like, yeah. I think, you know, the setup, and he pinned him. And that's refreshing to me. That you know, I, I remember when it happened, I had to stop and rewind it and go, what the fuck? What did he win with? Because I'm so conditioned to set up, finish, pin him, right? Mm-hmm. So for him to win out of nowhere like that, um, and then, um, the, oh, the, the Steiner brother thing, Scott had Rick Rude in a bear hug. Tags in Rick, who then bear hugs him from behind. I've never seen that before, right? You got mm-hmm. you got modern wrestlers doing the, every all these fucking chaotic things that you never seen before, and then everyone does it. You see it a hundred times. A bear hug from behind, and then turn that into an atomic drop center. It, it was just mm-hmm. it's it's so these guys. You could tell those guys loved being in there. Steiner brothers. They love performing, different. and they love yeah. the psychology of it to think yeah, about not doing this. Yeah. Not do not you know you know what you're you know you know what we paying you paying to see like the stinger splash and the scorpion death drop right. but to get a variation to him up. doing but but to him to win with let's say a roll up to him to win with the the stop the the head stop or whatever the case may be reflectionites that's what is missing because sometimes even in today's wrestling no matter what organization tw you know you're conditioned almost like you said you're conditioned for the move set and now. The reconditioning is you're not even winning with your move. It might take five moves of the right. same move you're doing of your same finishing maneuver to finally win the match. So again, and, it, and you know what's fucking crazy about that? Was that 10, 15 years ago, if a guy kicked out of a finish once, he earned the nickname Super Cena. Now these fuckers chant, this is awesome, when Adam Cole's bony ass kicks out of somebody's finisher five times in a row. It's like pick the bank of your fucking mind. Is so, John Cena an asshole? Is he kicked out of someone's finish, or are these guys gods because they kicked out of it five times? It's stupid. Well, it, we prove. I proved the point. This rivalry <laughs> is not memorable because we're talking you're about every other. We're talking right. about every little. It's memorable because it ended Rick Rude's career. That's why I suggested yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's because it was a so good let, thing, wait, wait. and then this fucking injury killed it. So let's put a bow on it, TW. Let's like a little quick two-minute synopsis. Hopefully you'll do this. But you know how we do what ifs. What if Ric Flair never – well, Ric Flair. Rick Rude never got that career-ending back injury in Japan. Would he be the guy challenging Hogan? And would it be Rick Rude against Hulk Hogan? Or would we still be going strong with a Rick Rude sting rivalry 94, 95, 96. What say you? If Rick Rude would have never got that grand injury, there's one thing we would have got, there's one thing we wouldn't have got. The thing we would have got, he would have been a world champion. Whether it be 
He was. He was, the, he was the world champion. That motherfucking belt is not a world title. And Or he would have went back to WWF and got one there. Because by then, guys like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, it was begging for Rick Rude to come there. Because he's one of those A-list intercontinental champion guys, right? He mm-hmm. would have came right. Him versus Michaels, him versus Bret, it would have been fucking awesome, right? And it would have been for the world title, not the intercontinental title. But what we wouldn't have got is a very infamous fucking moment in time, the only man ever to be on Raw and Nitro on the same night. That mm-hmm. That is iconic, but it only happens because he's not wrestling. He's hurting. He's the manager. And he's able to leave because he's mad that they fired or did Bret Hart like they did. He didn't have the contract like you would have if you were a worker. And yeah. But Rick, Rick Rude is on my list of people who should have been a world champion for real. He was. And, he was a world no. champion. World class he was is international still international fucking champion. No, he was world class heavyweight champion. Get it right. That ain't no fucking world title. It is a world championship. Jesus, respect that is prestigious. Fucking... Anyway, with that being said, we close. No, no, we close on the greatest rivalries edition of the PWR podcast here at the Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com. And what we're gonna do next week, since we are in the month of January, TW. I'm going to at least let the cat out of the bag of this one because it's apropos of the of the date of the release date. We're going to go episodic, TW. We are going to do a Royal Rumble, TW. We are going to do the 1990 Royal Rumble with the infamous stare down between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. So, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of power. Yeah. Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us at PWC Network at Podbean.com. We're also Hameen Media Group at Podbean.com can be found, as well as HMG at ChannelAttitude.com. Our show is on X at PW Reflection. Um, Nuts and Bolts PZ, PW, that's Travis. I mentioned him, so I got to say it. Nuts and Bolts PW for him. Big Ray on every single social media app there is, including Grinder. You can find him at Big Ray Hernandez. And every Wednesday, you can catch him live on the Next Level podcast. And I think that one, the A show was live on Wednesday nights, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also a live stream. And mm-hmm. that's on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. And so you find me on Instagram and uh, X at Tommy Wonder 19, or also on, on X and TikTok at The Tommy Wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder, Snapchat, Snapchat number Wonder, and then you can find Big Vito Brand on TikTok at Big Vito Brand, or keep checking BigVitoBrand.wixsite.com or Patreon.com backslash Big Vito Brand, and him and Noel might get stuff rolling on there again, and then you can watch the early release of the reflection video at Twitch.tv backslash Big Vito Brand. No, 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 not the early releases on Big Ray's Xer profile. Get it right. Change that well, in your notes. I, I've said that every fucking week, and you never stop me. That well, now I got now I got you right now. It's 2020 Quattro, and I'm you can find me on my notes. And you can get me on my extra at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And if this gets uploaded by A Track Brown, this will be on the PWSO YouTube network. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine, the host of the Wednesday Locker Room at Obi One. You know me, and. A-Track Brown, the king of the reactions at the number eight, T-R-A-C Brown. And next week, we will do the Royal Rumble 1990. So, you know, T-W will not go on his diatribes of AEW, diatribes of Chris Jericho, diatribes of, you know, dirt cheat riders. He will focus 
on the episode at hand. And with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful. Dum Dum doing it. So, Tommy Wonder saying good night. We'll see you next time here at the PWR podcast at the How Many Media Group at Podbean.com. Peace. Deuce. 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 Deuce.